Amen. And we want to uh, especially thank Jessica for putting this on. She's um, so organized. Some of us have a little problem with that. <clears throat> it really helps. She did an amazing job. And I uh, was so blessed by the attendance. So that was just amazing. Um, was neat. Turn with me to Colossians. Colossians chapter. Um, we'll read. This is funny, Kurt. You were right here. Um, I'll start out in um, verse 15 of chapter 1 in a second, but um, later on, I, I don't want to go very long today. Um, there was a, um, there's a passage, and we're going to get to chapter 2, and we're going get, to get to this place where Paul's talking about not doing things out of legalistic reason, trying to attain something and then putting pressure on people to attain things. And, and it, it had to do with celebrating feasts and the Sabbath and all of that, which, which uh, religion, it was full of that. And uh, the Jewish customs, it was really, it, they're, Eyes completely got on those things. And so there's an admonition like don't, don't, don't let anybody even pressure you into this is not how your salvation is attained. Uh, doing those things isn't what brings favor from the Lord. And as I was reading through that, um, it, it even applies to coming to church that if you you can ask a lot of people that don't even come and they're they'll be like, I should go to church. I should I should go. I don't, but I should go, you know, that thing. And it immediately reveals that they think there is something about going to church, this good thing, like God forbid that we would say it, but it's true. You don't want to come to church like that. You don't want to give in the offering out of this obligation, I should, this thing. Like, and it got me thinking again, you know, review in my head. Um, and then I got to watch it again today in our church service. Once you come to the Lord, once you have an experience with him, the reason you come, the reason you should, the reason should be, anyways, the reason should be not that thing of approval from heaven or God. You're not doing God any favors. But rather, this there should be something birthed in you that desires to become... What do we become every time we gather? We become the expression of the body of Christ. And when we come together like this, and I, I just had like an, a moment of revisiting this. It's, it's not a new truth by any, but, but that when we come together, something supernatural happens. Do you understand that every time? 
Every week, every gathering, even if it's only two or three, there is a manifestation of the body. And as a body, we can function. As an individual, you can do a little. <laughs> but the real effectiveness and fruitfulness is, is the reality of the body and all of the connections with the body. And then there is a, a release, a supernatural release of this expression. Now there is seeing and hearing and speaking. And, and uh, I, in, that, in that moment, just like revisiting that in my mind, just as I was studying, looking at this, that it's a, it's a beautiful thing. And that from the moment we gather on any given gathering day, Sunday, whatever time, what has the potential of happening if the Spirit is in our midst is that coming together. And all of a sudden, ministry starts happening. We start touching people. Why do we come? Because we, we need edified. We come because it does something. And, and, and I want to make sure, I want to speak it again, that when we gather, there is an expression of the body. And everybody is edified by that. Everybody is blessed by that. When everyone does their part. When everyone, when the connections begin to happen and then the movement begins to take place and then we can lift weight. Then we can move and travel. Then we can see and perceive and hear and function. And, and the, as we go on, let's cultivate. We don't come together, uh, we don't gather a church because it's, this thing that, well, God's happy today I went to church. But rather real reality and um, so much in the service, I just loved how just naturally started out, the, the prayer, the ministry. And um, I don't know why lately I have people, if I'm on the phone with someone doing something, you know, the people you don't know, and they find out what I do or who I am, it's like, oh, that, that, that's, that's probably hard. Is that, do you find that, I mean, they start asking questions more than what normally I have. I've had that a lot lately. And, and I, it reminds me of how much I don't look at ministry. That, it's not that way. I'll respond sometimes and say, I've got a good church. Like, that's unusual. I mean, <laughs> to say that. Like, I don't have resentment. I don't feel like I'm you know, trying to herd cats, well, sometimes, but not normally, you know. But there is a, an ease and a joy, and sometimes if I have time to explain this, I explain that we've built a body ministry, ministry, and that everyone, we, we give a place for everyone, everyone to function, in parameters, of course, but not legalistic parameters, just come and join this and tap into the Spirit. When everyone starts doing what they do, then it's not on a person. I, I just have this place of overseeing, and Phyllis has been doing more and more, and it's all of that, all of you, as you come into things, it's so, so sweet, isn't it? And, and uh, I, I, can, I can honestly say when I hear those questions, I'm like, no, it's just 
I don't like, you probably have more stress than I do. Yeah? I, I don't look at my, my life like, oh, there are things we have to, but you have to deal with things in life. You have to deal with your family, you have to deal with your neighbors, you have to deal with your government. You have, life is, has stresses. Uh, and you have to get to this place where you learn how to manage that. I was listening to a clip, and Kevin and I have been interacting back and forth. And an old, an old name, we used to go, he'd be at conferences, and it's kind of, he's come, come back up. He's from England, Graham Cook. And uh, we've had such a you know, neat ministry from him over the years, uh, books and tapes and different things. And then he's kind of come back up, and I'll hear that he's speaking, and I'm like, I want to listen to Graham Cook again. Like, that'd really be neat, you know? So uh, I found his channel on YouTube, which I'm not crazy about YouTube. Like, but anyways, um, uh, different places that you can see him. I think he's on Instagram. There are clips and shorts and then te full teachings. And uh, so it's been refreshing. Kevin and I have just been interacting about it. Uh, he, he called off. Micaiah was sick this morning, so they, they weren't able to come. But... Um, he makes this statement in one of the clips that we watched and we talked about. Graham Cook is saying, he makes this statement, he says, we need to start living from heaven and not earth. Because after all, this, this isn't really who and what we are. We're in heaven, there aren't problems. We agree, agree with that. So we live and need to deal with this life from that place. Because there, there's no, there's no problems. There's absolute pro, pro, um, provision. Everything you need is there. Who you are. We'll think, you know, when I get to heaven, I'll be free from this stuff. Well, here's, here's what Paul, and I'm going here because Paul introduces this. And I was just looking. I love reading. And every time I teach, I teach with, I come with fresh eyes. I don't keep my old notes. Like I feel led to something, I just I go after it because it's it needs to be new. I don't need to be teaching old things. There's a new every morning. There's a a, a new layer of revelation that I don't need my old stuff. Like I, I just move forward. Paul begins to talk about about this life in Christ and this absolute freedom and provision. And guess where he's at writing this. Could there be anything worse right now than for you to be in prison without hope of getting out? What happens when you're in prison? It's kind of close to my heart, the January 6th people that are still in jail without having committed any real crimes as far as I know. Trumped up things, just caught there. No one's allowed to see them. Even their lawyers aren't allowed. I mean, it's really, it's really a mess and an atrocity, and it could have been me. I just didn't go into the Capitol. I'm like, oh, no, it's time to go home, you know. So. But even they, they walk through like the camera, the footage shows. Paul the same way. What was your crime, Paul? Well, I was preaching gospel the good news, teaching people to love Jesus, that Jesus is real. And they came and they arrested me. <laughs> so you're in jail on totally trumped up unjust causes. 
And from that place, instead of being full of bitterness, instead of trying to raise money to help him get out of jail, instead of trying to fight the system, he writes this amazing letter, Colossians, from that place. You see, once you're there, your life falls apart. Your finances fall apart. You can't, you can't pay your debts because you can't work. You lose your stuff. May you lose your family. I mean, if it's prolonged, it wrecks you. Many of us have no clue what it is. We just see about it, read about it, okay? And um, from that place, from that place, he has revelation and he's writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and looking at, at Colossians chapter 1, and I'm going to read in 15 through 20. He is the divine portrait, the true likeness of the invisible God and the firstborn heir of all creation. For in him was created the universe of things, both in the heavenly realm and on the earth, all that is seen and all that is unseen, Every seat of power, realm of government, principality, and authority, it all exists through him and for his purpose. So he's having a revelation about what? About who's really in charge. And he was living it in prison. Anybody here in prison? No, you're here, you know. That's a very, I, every, have you ever had imaginations like, oh God, what would it be like if I got arrested for something, you know, and I end up mugshot, whatever. I'm like, I, I know the trauma that would be alone. Like, I'm not prone to break down crying, but I may. It would feel so horrible. It would be so devastating. All of a sudden, be arrested, have handcuffs on you. Adam almost had that happen this week, driving a Hubner car with a license plate, you know. The, the camera misread his, um, his license plate, and it came up as a stolen vehicle. And it was like a serious stop, pull over, put your keys on the dash, open the door with your left hand, don't, you know, and like they, the police wouldn't even come up to the car. I mean, it was like... Wow, it was a real thing. Several cars, they, you know, come, lights on, speaking for God and everybody to hear, you know. Get out of the car. What's that? Yeah, hands on the hood. The whole deal. I mean, that's a disturbing thought, you know. And the truth finally came out. Didn't have to go to jail, you know. It's like, Oh, whoa, whoa, that's not my license plate number, you know, there's a seven in that or whatever the, whatever it was. Like, that's not it. So they realized there was a mistake, the camera misread it. But in a moment, your life could change. And what if you're saying, oh, you got the wrong guy, man. I, I didn't do that. It's like, you're under arrest anyways. What are the charges? Can't say. From that place, he has revelation about who's really in charge. He's at peace. It's a big deal. 
You and I go through a lot less, and we are undone. We're a mess. We're angry. We're calling the friends and relatives. We're, you know, if someone says, hey, how's it going? Out it comes, right? And you're mad at somebody. Paul found this true peace. He had to have it. You just can't be creative when you're all upset and your hair's in a knot and, you know, whatever. And, and yet, out of that, he's, he's writing this. He existed before anything was made. Now, everything finds completion in him. Verse 19, uh, no, 18. He is the head of the body, which is the church. And since he is the beginning and the firstborn heir, resurrection, he is the most exalted one, holding first place in everything, for God is satisfied to have all his fullness dwelling in Christ. And so the revelation of this should bring, this should not be just Bible study material. The reality of this will cause you to calm the heck down in any situation. Whether it's a difficult marriage, difficult relationships, financial crisis, et cetera, et cetera. Realizing who's really in charge, realizing who he really is, and that the fullness of the Father was dwelling in him, and by the blood of his cross, everything in heaven and earth is brought back to himself, back to its original intent, stored to innocent, restored to innocence again. And so once you have a hope, I know who's in charge, I know how this is going to end. I know what really matters. You can take my stuff, but you really haven't taken anything. You can lock me up. and I, it's, it's hard. I'm separated from things, and yet I'm at peace because God's in charge. Because he's that big. And it goes on then in chapter 2. Skip over to ch- chapter 2. And again, from prison, he's, he's writing this. I wish you could know how much I have struggled for you and for the church in Laodicea. So he's not thinking about how to get out. He's thinking about the new believers in the church in Colossae. That, that's what's on his mind. Like, I'm laboring over you that Christ would be formed in you. Think in Galatians. There's, there's terminology there. Where Paul's saying, until Christ be formed in you. And for the many other friends in the church of Laodicea and many other friends I've yet to meet, I am contending for you that your hearts will be wrapped in the comfort of heaven and woven together in love's fabric. This will give you access to all the riches of God as you experience the revelation of God's great mystery, Christ. So I want to present today, you know some of this with your head, but we need to press on until we have the experience of Christ in us. And we we have the treasure opened up to us. It's not enough to just say, oh, yeah, I know that. It's, it's much bigger than that. And it's okay if you're not very far, but don't ever believe that's all there is. 
realize and understand fully grasping these things is life-changing. It's transforming. And the goal is to move up and get into heavenly places where Christ is and look back down at your life from that perfect place because up there, you're not struggling with sin. You're not offended at little silly things. Up there, there aren't strongholds and you're, you're, you're free from that because your life is hidden with Christ and God. And you can live from heaven towards earth rather than the other way. We're down here trying to eke out a life and eke out some faith and try to reform ourselves enough that we're not disqualified. That's, that's not the intention. The, the thing embracing him is to get to that place, to live from that place. I'll continue reading and just commenting. For our spiritual wealth is in him. Your spiritual wealth is in Christ. Your spiritual, we know what wealth is, right? Inheritance, money, large amounts of money, wealth, things that you have properties and, and your name is on them. And if you, you would inherit something, there would be substance. There's something you're inheriting. Your, your wealth, your true wealth is in him. That's where it's at, hidden there. Waiting to be discovered. So I'm going to take a chance and say that none of us have fully discovered the wealth that is in Christ. So that's not an issue of condemnation. It's a, it is a, uh, it's a teaser. It's something, it's like, oh, there's more. You know, it's like the kids on Easter or Christmas, they get their presents and then you whisper something in your, their ear. Hey, this is just the beginning. In the next room, there are many, many gifts. Would they not all break out, dash to that room? Because like Christmas is great, but it doesn't seem to ever be enough, you know? More presents, more presents. There's more of Christ? Yes. Greater revelation? Yes. He's, he is the treasure waiting to be found. I love this terminology Brian Simmons came up with as he translated this. Our spiritual wealth is in him like hidden treasure waiting to be discovered. Heaven's wisdom and endless riches of revelation knowledge. Endless. If you... We have several songs today with really powerful words, things that, that we, need to, we need to say that needs to be our, um, our uttering, our muttering, our self-talk. Oh, I'm, I'm a son of God. I'm a child of God. When's the last time you walked into the bathroom, looked in the mirror and went, oh, hey, I'm a son of God. If we're not careful, we're aware of all of our problems. We're aware of sometimes very carnal things that have us all twisted up. 
I'm overweight. My hair turned gray. When did that happen? You know, you're, you're, down, you're down the road. I don't look like so-and-so. Thank God. To come to this place where you're, you're muttering, your, your self-talk is who you are. And uh, I've had the Holy Spirit give me uh, scriptures and phrases to say that I, just, that I had a hard time saying them. Like, I just knew this, like, was given to me, say this. I struggled with it because it wasn't how I felt about myself. And because the Lord gave it to me, I would begin to say this, and regardless of what was going on or how I was doing it, it just caused me to, I felt the power in it. Like, that word that in actuality didn't seem very true at all, had a power to pull me up. That's the power of the scripture. Has the spirit given you anything like that? You should expect it. Let there be things that are just yours and then stop fighting and kicking and speak what the Holy Spirit's telling you to speak. You don't have to tell a soul. It can be your best secret. But if it's from him and he whispers things and highlights things for you to say, sometimes there's a problem with the big lists of scriptures that we have because it becomes so impersonal. And I find that the stuff that really transforms me are, are the little things the Spirit says, the simple phrases, and that I just, I go, hey, that's mine. I'm going to grab that. I'm, I'm going to walk in that. There's, there's a list of 109 things, but there's this one thing the Spirit gave me. And in that you'll find, if you'll be faithful to what the Lord gives you, he, it will have life in it. It will be a building block. And every time you revisit it and speak it again, you'll be amazed what happens. And you'll start talking from heaven. That's what I mean by that. You start talking about what, from this perspective of what heaven's giving and what he's, what he's bringing about in you. So we have a treasure. It needs revealed. I want you to know that so that no one will come, I'm in verse 4 now, will come and lead you in error through their persuasive arguments and clever words. Even though I'm separated from you geographically, my spirit is present there with you, and I'm overjoyed to see how disciplined and deeply committed you are because you have such a solid faith in Christ, the anointed one. So he's commending them. You seem focused on Christ, on having him. This is a good thing. Don't, don't let anybody steal that away from you. One of the heartaches of the apostles and the founders of, of, the, of the New Testament church was they would come and they would get reports and hear of, of different churches and groups forsaking. This was the Galatian story. And Paul's like, he was really torn and a little bit angry and irritated about it. And, and like a good father, like, what the heck happened to you? What did you do? You were running well. What, what hindered you? What stopped you? Like we were building something. You were doing good. You were believing. You were, you were walking in the spirit. You were walking in faith. And now you're going back, backwards? Like doesn't it always just kind of give you a rip when, when the people you're trying to help start going backwards? Like, whoa, no, 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 
no, don't do that. We've come, we did all this, all this laboring together, teaching, step by step, revelation. You got free. You came free. You, you embraced the, the message of freedom and you came into it. And now you're back? I mean, that, that's, that's always heartbreaking to see someone that falls back into an addiction or back into bad behavior or back into a bad relationship. Doesn't it just, you just want to, after you've helped them and nurtured them and encouraging them and then they fall back. This, and it was no different for the church leaders, for any, in any time. When people start to fall back into what you're trying to deliver them out of, see them delivered out of. And so this admonition, you're doing well. When you're doing well, do well. And don't stop doing well. Stay focused on this. There will always be something that comes along to try to get your eyes off. There, there will always be something that comes. It's, it's just life on this side of heaven. But if you live in a place of freedom and liberty where Christ is seated, then you're able to get out finally from being the you that has fallen. We don't need, we don't need that person overhauled. Like we're new creatures in Christ. You know what the word new means? Not old. <laughs> It's the new version. You're the version 2.0. Don't go back to 1.0. Stay in the version that Christ has lifted you up to. And stay there. Don't go back. That's an, it's an old operating system. It may have worked for a while that you beat yourself to death and tried hard and, you know, did these things and sacrificed, whatever. But there, there's a new way to walk and go and grow and live. And every little revelation that you get, it, it pulls you up. Keep, keep coming. Keep growing. Keep discovering the treasure that is in Christ. And today, that's what I wanted to do, was stand in front of you and preach Christ, him crucified. And, and this invitation Step fully in, and even if you don't know how for sure to do that, make a choice to step into what he's made for you, who he says he is. There's always a voice that remains. Did somebody say that again today and sometime in the service? Kurt, the voice, that thing that whispers in your ear, you must overcome that voice. You must you must speak to that voice. You're the one with the authority to say, stop, no more. Until you do that, I don't even know if anybody can really pray an effective prayer over you. It's, it's that important for you to come to that place. You pray the simplest of prayer and all of heaven will come and help you. Why? Because you just gave heaven license to deliver you. I often have experienced it's about praying the right prayer. Boy, when I pray the right prayer, I got answers. And I have this, I've often had this sense, you were just waiting for me to get there, right? <laughs> you know, it's like, uh-huh. You finally asked the right question, son. You finally asked me for the right thing. Now we can move. 
Now your deliverance can be here. Now, now I can help because you identified that thing and you needed to know. You needed to know. And so we come to that place and we ask him because we're seeing more and more continually who Christ is and that you are hidden in him. Stop trying to fix yourself if that's what you're stuck in. Stop trying to do better. Come into him and just step away from it. It's like, oh, that's, that's not me. I don't want that to be me. I want to be, I want to be this person up here with Jesus. That's who I want to be. And, and that is the gospel is seeing and believing and stepping into and, and having the scales pulled from your eyes so they can see all that he has, all that he has. I'm going to stop there because I don't want to go too long. Let's pray, and I'm going to give an invitation today too. So, Father, in Jesus' name, I ask from the heart of this Father Paul, as he writes this letter, as he labors over these people, the truths that are wrapped up in this, that we would know Christ, that we would know the fullness, that we would know there's the treasure of provision that's in him. Father, we, we want to be free from fighting. We want to be free from the kind of struggles that we find ourselves in the self-condemnation, the bad language we use on ourselves, the names we call ourselves, the, the, the picture we have of ourselves, it, it all needs renewed. It needs to be from you. It needs to be what you have, what you have for me. So, the, Father, we, just, we ask your help. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord Jesus. Bless you, Lord Jesus. Today, I want to give you an invitation. And then if you have to leave, just do that. Um, if you can turn on some music, Ash. Um, if you have something that as a person you can say this is impossible, I would like to, I'm going to ask you to let me pray for you. I need to practice praying for impossible things. If you have a high IQ and you have a test next week and you're probably going to pass it anyways, then that, that, yeah. I, need, I need to practice on impossible things because and so many things I look at in the flesh like it's impossible. I've had to continue to contend and pray for myself because the words from the doctor was, there's nothing we can do about this. We just can manage the pain. This can't... This can't be fixed, healed, done. And that was my license, but I took it as my license to appeal to heaven for what man said is impossible. With you, Lord, all things are possible. And I just contend as stubborn as it is to stay, I keep, I've made a decision. I'm going to stand here, and I'm going to, I'm going to stand against this, and I'm going to pray the right prayers the Spirit gives me and bless myself and, and give the Lord thanks for what he's going to do. And so if you want prayer today, if you're willing to let me pray for you, 
um, please come. I've realized people have things and you hold back because you're like, oh, this, I don't expect anything to happen. So I've come to this place. It's more important to pray the prayers and do the right thing and let the Lord, let the Lord work. And I had, um, I, I don't want to go into too much. It's embarrassing for me, you know. At some point, you don't want to embarrass yourself any deeper. I'll just say this. I'll sum it up. I've made this decision. I'm still struggling to get outside of myself, to get beyond this hesitation. And I'll have the thoughts about, and a few situations have come and gone, and I'm like, there, Rick. You know, the Spirit's like tapping me, like, there, pray for that. I'm like, La, 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 that's too, like. And then I would see something happen. I'm like, dang, you know? Like this has happened to me a lot. I needed to pray. It would have brought attention to the Lord. It would have brought glory to him. And who knows how much more would happen if I would start stepping out. I've got to take risks. I'm too safe. I'm always like, keep myself, you know, pulled back. And, and so I want to give an invitation. If you have nothing that you want prayer for, then you can quietly leave. But if you want prayer for something that you can go with, man, it's impossible. Then come up and I'm just going to pray simple prayers of faith and Let's see what the Lord will do. And I want to I encourage you to do the same thing. When Jesus said, with man it's impossible, he gave us all permission to look at impossible things and go, I'm not an idiot. <laughs> it, I'm acknowledging this is impossible, but, but with God, all things are possible. Amen. So you come up and join us, whatever you feel. were broken before worship more strongholds were broken during worship and if there's anything else that needs broken let's do it during communion yeah amen the stronghold of sin let's break that off let's no one will leave here in darkness today amen it's been said that your past sins can whisper in your ear I've repented from those sins. I've turned away from that life. I know I've been forgiven, but sometimes I hear that whisper. The devil wants me to pick up things that no longer belong to me. And it's not loud, it's not in my face, because he knows that I know I've been forgiven. And I know it in my head, but there's times when I'm struggling or maybe I'm not in a position where I think I can take authority. And that's when I hear the whispers that I'm still here. And that's when we need to take authority. And that's what we're doing today is taking authority over these strongholds. Because not only were those sins nailed to the cross, that old man was nailed to the cross. We talked about new DNA this morning. I'm not the man that committed those sins. The Bible says I'm new. 
So I have nothing to do with them. The guilt and the shame and the sin have been replaced by joy and peace and forgiveness. In Colossians, in the first chapter, in verses 13 and 14, it says we have been rescued from the dominion of darkness and brought into the kingdom of the Son who I love and in whom we're redeemed for the forgiveness of sins. So stand on that when you take authority. Before that, the scriptures say this is our inheritance. So if you haven't picked up your inheritance, it's in the it's in the cup of redemption this morning. And if you haven't taken up your authority, it's in the body of Christ. So come this morning. It says you've been rescued from the dominion of darkness. Come this morning. You walk in the kingdom of light. You walk in the kingdom of forgiveness. You walk in the kingdom of the Son. So come this morning and commune with him. Amen.